The church is in crisis. The word for crisis in Chinese is Ouija. It's a compound word. It's made up of two words, we and G. We means danger. Of course, we can all understand that. In a crisis, we're going to have some danger. And the church is in danger like never before from outside influences and inside influences. G means opportunity. And as the church, we have opportunities like never before to take the truth of God's Word to the world. But to separate the two, to separate the danger from the opportunity will be very tough. It's going to take some dedicated Christians with the right attitude to overcome this crisis, its dangers, and find the opportunities. Christians, we need to be tough. Christianity needs tough people to do God's will and stand for the truth. Are you tough enough to be a Christian? With a tough attitude toward the crisis that the church is in, we can exploit the opportunities and know and maintain and impart the truth of God's Word. There is a great need for the right attitude in the church toward the dangers that she faces. And we can have the right attitude, but we must realize that there are false doctrines to be overcome. The world is full of blind guides leading the blind. Teaching as doctrines the commandments of men, Matthew chapter 15 Verses 8 through 14. But we Christians must be tough. And we must stand up for the true faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Jude 3 and 4. Certain men have crept in unnoticed. The danger of false teachers is very real. They come as wolves. Matthew chapter 7 verse 15. They come as savage wolves. Acts chapter 20 verse 29 who 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 13 through 15 transformed themselves into a, into apostles and professed to be great men of God and why not because their father the ruler the devil transforms himself into an angel of light he's the ruler of the world we must test all things and see if they are from God, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, and make sure that we take advantage, take advantage of the opportunities to teach the truth, be tough because the false teachers may be scary. They may be very intimidating, some of these false teachers. And we've got to be tough people. False doctrines brought by false teachers lead believers down false ways. But the psalmist says in 
Psalm 119, 104. He sings it loud and clear. Our tough attitude is very clear in this psalm. Through your precepts, he sings, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. The psalmist hates those false ways. We must learn to hate sin. And if we can, we'll maintain our righteousness. We will pluck out the eye if we can. We'll cut off the hand if we can. We'll do whatever it takes. We'll get rid of the internet. We'll get rid of the TV. We'll get rid of whatever it is that's leading us down false doctrines through false teachers in false ways. We'll do whatever it takes at all costs. The devil is slick. His ways have intertwined into all of our relationships to the point that encouragement is given to the false teacher with the false doctrines and the false ways. In this crisis, it's dangerous to give encouragement to false teachers. Second John 9. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Notice, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. This passage is pretty plain. But many times we find ourselves fellowshipping with the false teacher when we should have no fellowship with them. With them, But Ephesians 5 verse 11 rather expose them for the false teacher that they are. Is there no toughness anymore? Are we not tough like we used to be? In Acts chapter 13, Barnabas and Saul, who in this chapter forever after is known as, as Paul, they were to meet the proconsul on the island of, of Paphos, and uh, there was a false prophet, a sorcerer there, a Jew named Bar-Jesus. He was also called Elamus. And notice how Paul talks to him in verse 10. Oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? That's pretty tough talk, isn't it? We don't hear that very much anymore, do we? Like Paul did to Peter in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11 through 14. Even if it's a brother, we must expose them to their face. Are we tough enough to do that anymore? The world, even the church, and it's why it's such a crisis in the church. So many, even in the church, live like there are no rules And if there are rules, the rules don't apply to them. People want to do what they want to do rather than what God wants. And it's a danger and a sad reality in the world and in the church. 
And this is where so many times the two blend together to where you can't even tell where one ends and the other begins. But when we have opportunity, we need to, Romans chapter 16, verse 17, mark those who cause divisions and offenses and avoid them. They don't serve our Lord Jesus Christ but themselves. That's who they serve. They use smooth words, it says, and flattering speech to deceive. Get tough, church, and expose these characters. Mark them. But the dangerous part of this crisis is there seems to be no love for the truth. No love for God's Word. But we as Christians must have the attitude like that of the psalmist, that Psalm 119, 128, God's way is right and we will hate every false way. Every false way. How do you know? How do you know what is the false way? Well, it's very easy. Every way that's not God's way is the false way. That's how you can know. We need to have a hateful attitude toward evil. We need to hate evil, just like God hates evil. We can't abide by evil because God can't abide by evil. God can't have sin in His presence. We should be like our Father and not have sin in our presence. We need to abstain from every form of evil. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 22. Why? Why should we give no encouragement to the false teacher with their false doctrines and ways? Why should we give no fellowship to those who preach and teach error? Why should we oppose those and mark them and hate the ways of error? Why? Four reasons. Four reasons. And these reasons highlight the danger and the opportunity that we face within this crisis. It highlights the dangers. It highlights the the opportunities that we have. First, error cannot save. Error can never save. But truth can. One of the steps to salvation that needs to be understood more is belief. Yes, repentance saves. It's part of the plan of salvation. Yes, confession saves. It too is a part of the plan of salvation. Yes, baptism saves. It too is is a part of the plan of salvation. But belief in the truth will save too. Notice 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. Paul tells the Thessalonians, he says, We are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation. How? Through sanctification by the Spirit. And notice, belief in the truth. Belief in the truth. Notice, Christians, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, Our souls were purified in Obeying the truth. Error cannot save you. But obedience to the truth can. You see, error denies necessity. 
it is necessary that one obey the truth before they can be saved. But the devil, all the time, the devil is out to tell us, just wait. You don't have to, you don't have to pray to God right now, do you? You don't have to be baptized right now, do you? It, it, it's, it, 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 there's no big necessity to obey the truth. Error denies necessity. You must believe to be saved. You must repent to be saved. You must confess to be saved. You must be baptized to be saved. You must. It's a necessary in God to be in God's kingdom. False teachers in a myriad of ways say it ain't so, though. The world says, put your money here. Put your talents here. But the truth says, Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, where your treasure is, is where your heart will be. Where's your treasure? Where's your treasure? Where are you putting all your eggs? What basket? There's where your heart is. There's where your heart is. Error can't save. It denies necessity. And error error deceives people. But the truth upholds. Error deceives, but the truth upholds what Jesus did for us. Who, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. But error deceives. Error deceives. The sons of disobedience, they try to deceive with empty words. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 6. But you beware, Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. You beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. The crisis is that the world... And the church, in our generation, it's happening now. It's slipping into darkness. Where we can't tell where the world begins and the church ends. But we have an opportunity, like none before, to take the light into the dark. To take the truth of God out into the world. Like never before, church, do we have that opportunity. And that opportunity is afforded to us now. And if we don't take a hold of it now, shame on us. Shame on us. We'll burn in hell for it. I guarantee you. We have got. To get away from these false doctrines and these false teachers and these false ways. And we've got to be tough enough to thwart error at its every turn and be tough Christians, tough men, tough women, tough young people. To stand in the way of, of error, to stand in the way of falsehood, to stand in the way of everything that would 
turn people aside from the truth and turn them to false ways. We've got to. And we have an opportunity like never before to do so. We can be tough. The world is passing away and error will cause many to perish. And that's sad. That's a sad reality in our time. And those who perish do so because 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10, they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Like the parable of the sower that we talked about this morning. The birds ate it. Before it could ever even get into the soil, the birds ate it. The, the, the ground was so hard packed that it had too many rocks in it that, the, that the, the seed germinated, but it never could take root. They never came to a love of the truth, ever. The rocks and the sticker bushes, and the, they choked the truth out before it could ever bring fruit. But the truth brings life. At good ground, it brings life, eternal life. We can know the truth. John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know a lie, and the lie shall set you free. John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know a misunderstanding. And the misunderstanding shall set you free. The world and many in the church would have me stop right there. And let's close the service. And walk out the door. Because the lie... And the misunderstanding are much easier to do than the truth. John 8.32 You shall know the truth. Yeah. And the truth will make you free. If and that's a little big word if John chapter 14 verse 15 if you love me keep my commandments that's a little big word if do you love Jesus enough to keep his commandments I can't answer that for you but I'm asking you to be tough enough tonight to answer it for yourself Be tough enough tonight to answer that question. John chapter 7 verse 17. If, little big word there, right? If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. If you will to do God's will, you'll look at God's word and you'll find out what it is that you need to do and you'll be tough enough to do it. You don't have to wait for the elders to say, Go ahead. You don't have to wait for the deacon in charge to say, go ahead. You don't have to wait for me to say, go ahead. You'll be tough enough to find out God's will and do it yourself. 
And that's what we need. We need tough Christians in a tough crisis where there's lots of danger to find those opportunities. Each and every one of us have been charged to find those opportunities that we can take and we can use to grow the kingdom. Because it's not about me and it's not about you. Who's it about? It's about God, right? It's about God. That's who it's about. The Word of God gives light. The Word of God gives understanding. In the crisis that we're in, that's what we need. We need light. We need, we need understanding in the darkness. Uh, Psalm 119 verse 30 says that the Word of God gives light. It gives understanding. In this crisis before us, the, the lines of the enemy have never, been, never before been so distinct. To those who love God's Word, we must be tough. We must be diligent. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, verse 10, we should, we should search the Scriptures. There's grave danger in this crisis. But Jesus makes a statement that I'm going to turn into a question. Okay? He makes a statement in John chapter 5, verse 40. All right, And I'm going to turn this into a question. This is a statement by Jesus, but listen to the question that I propose to you. Are you willing to come to me that you may have life? Are you willing to come to me that you may have life? Recognize the false by following the truth. Give no quarter. Give no encouragement to the false teacher with their false doctrines and their false ways because error can't save you. Error will never save you. But the truth found only in God's Word can. And the opportunities for growth in this crisis will not be hidden. If we'll just be tough enough to find them. It's going to take tough people, tough Christians. Be a tough Christian. Are you tough enough to be a Christian? We need you here at Fountainhead. You know, we just got through, uh, I just got through sitting in with the elders and deacons. I appreciate the opportunity to sit in with the elders and deacons as they planned for 2013 in this preliminary meeting. And one of the main things that, that I got out of this meeting was these guys have a focus on the lost. In every area, from building and grounds to, to benevolence to, to visitation and outreach to camp to, 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 to everything, they have a focus on the lost. Are you tough enough to be a Christian? We, we need people to, here at Fountainhead. We need Christians here at Fountainhead to stand firm with us. If we can pray for you we can baptize you tonight whether you know it or not whether you're a Christian or not you're part of this crisis you're part of this crisis but only, only the way that I'm following has eternal life only the way that I'm following has eternal life and if you want eternal life you can follow me as I follow Jesus come right now as together we stand and sing